Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing it. Really, quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbuster. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that spent part of its week devising poorly laid plans to bribe American Express concierge staff to pretend it has a platinum card it doesn't actually have. And don't worry, we didn't commit any fraud here, we didn't enact any of those poorly laid plans, we just devised them poorly. <laughs> I'm your host Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac on the internet, and this week I'm excited to be back talking with Matt Sanders of TCU Collectibles and the Ghostbusters Containment Unit Autograph Collecting Group. Uh, Matt rejoins us this week to catch up about his recent efforts to complete another round of signings with McKenna Grace and Finn Wolfhard at Megacon in Florida, as well as to fill us in on some current and future autograph offerings that are coming soon from TCU. It was great to catch up with Matt this week and to talk with him about his experiences at Megacon, uh, some fun thoughts we have on Billy Bryan's new Stay Puff puppet head, the next generation of Ghostbusters fandom, our hopes for the 40th anniversary of Ghostbusters and Frozen Empire, including whether or not we can try to get to a premiere, without bribing American Express agents and more. Uh, but we'll jump into that conversation in a few moments after Ghostbusters headlines. And, but before we can do that, I have one quick housekeeping item I want to address with you as we start this episode. Uh, last week, I told you that Ghostbusters news had been knocked off of Facebook. And it's back, much like the Ghostbusters after the lifting of their judicial restrangement order. Uh, so welcome back to Ghostbusters news and Jason Fitzsimmons. But for the keen-eyed Facebook and Instagram users out there, you may notice that the GB News pages have been renamed to ghostbustersnews.com, all one word without spaces, in the hopes that maybe, just maybe, the evil meta algorithm will calm itself down uh, and stop recognizing Ghostbusters News as being some sort of copyright infringement for using the word Ghostbusters. Uh, so if you happen to notice this change, don't worry, nobody's spoofing GB News. It's just back. And I think we're all glad it is. Uh, it's great to see Jason Fitzsimmons back at it with his reach restored. And I'll say this, it makes what we're about to do a lot easier when somebody who's really good at aggregating the news is doing it. So thank you to Jason for that. And now let's dig into some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Fall in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm. Read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. In Ghostbusters Frozen Empire news, we finally know when the premiere is happening and where, at least in which city, if not exactly which theater. And somewhat unsurprisingly and appropriately, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire will premiere in New York City. American Express sent out invitations to qualified Platinum Card and Centurion members to experience the premiere along with a meet and greet opportunity for a $1,000 price tag and a very small and exclusive offering. Uh, this is something that you had to be a... a, a a status level, you know, adequate with platinum card or higher in order to access this. And you also had to have concierge service to get it done. Couldn't order tickets online. But if you were willing to pay that $1,000 price tag and you qualified as a high enough status member with American Express, then you could obtain access to the world premiere of Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, a meet and greet with a filmmaker or talent from the film, a private brunch reception, a pre-event red carpet walk and photo opportunity, and access to a viewing area to watch premiere arrivals. It does appear that these have now sold out. Uh, if you try to go and access the page that was sent out to American Express cardholders to invite them, 
the URL kind of dead ends at this point and doesn't prevent, present any information. So for those of you who pick these up, who might be listening, um, congratulations. I'm eager to hear what your experience was like. Um, if you want to check in with me after you do it, because um, it sounds like you're going to do something pretty cool and pretty unique. Um, and for the rest of us, I just want to kind of be clear about this. This is a major film premiere. Uh, so while we now know that the movie is going to be happening, you know, on March 14th in New York City as a result of this American Express invitation that went out, uh, it's important to keep in mind that, like, there's not necessarily going to be access for anybody and everybody who wants to go to this. It's something that is going to be limited to folks who worked on the movie and for folks who uh, have been, you know, invited graciously as guests to go, etc. So before you open your DMs to ask me where you can buy a ticket, know now that outside of this very limited offering from American Express for a very small number of attendees with a very expensive price tag, you probably can't buy a ticket to the premiere. Uh, but as always, my advice here is going to be to keep an eye out on the Ghostbusters social media accounts for any information on opportunities to attend a screening. Uh, if you were around for the premiere events for Ghostbusters Afterlife, there were a few opportunities to attend screenings, even if they were not at the premiere that were still pretty cool and unique uh, and that were made available, you know, sort of first come first serve to people who could access them in the places they happened. Uh, and so keep an eye on Ghostbusters social media for any opportunity that might come up to attend a screening or a premiere. And along those lines, two screenings that will be happening before the movie releases in theaters uh, will be hosted on the weekend following the premiere. So the movie will premiere on the 14th in New York City, but then on the 15th and 16th in New Jersey, Ecto-1NJ, our friends Nick and Greg over there at Ecto-1NJ, uh, who do a great job, are going to be partnering up with EHP Labs, the makers of the Ghostbusters nutritional and training supplements that came out over the last year. They're going to be hosting a screening of the movie that's going to happen. Uh, actually, two of them. Uh, they're taking place in New Jersey, with one happening on Friday, the 15th of March in Secaucus at, at 7 p.m., and the other happening in Cranford at 4 p.m. Uh, the following day on the 16th. So uh, Friday and Saturday, if you're in New Jersey, there may be an opportunity for you to see the movie, even if you can't get into the premiere. So uh, to find out more about how you might attend those early screenings, You've got to make sure you're following Ecto one underscore NJ on Instagram, where uh, they'll be putting out information on how you might be able to win tickets to attend that screening. So, uh, you know, again, follow everybody you can on social media because there may be different screenings like this, different brand partners may be hosting them at some point, or we may find that there's going to be something hosted by Ghost Corps in a particular city, et cetera. So make sure you're keeping a good look on Ghostbusters social media, you know, at an official level. But then also make sure you're following some of the partners who've been working with them. You know, Ecto-1NJ has clearly been out doing things uh, with Wonderverse in the last few weeks and months. Uh, so, you know, they've been a partner of the franchise. Keep your eyes on who else has been out there doing things as partners because they may be folks who end up uh, with information or opportunities to attend a screening of some sort. So outside of information we now have about the premieres and early screenings, the other production-related story of the week for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire is an interview that Gil Kennan participated in with SFX Magazine uh, that you can find on newsstands or access digitally by subscription. And while the entire article remains paywalled, GamesRadar, and in turn Ghostbusters News, have valuable snippets that were shared to generate interest in the piece and in the issue, uh, with Kennan addressing the role of the Ghostbusters in the new movie, meaning the OG Busters. Uh, and essentially what he told SFX is that we should expect more fully fleshed out and quote unquote actual characters uh, from our Ghostbusters this time around. 
And I think the part of what he's suggesting there is that we really didn't get an understanding of where our Ghostbusters had been or what their relationships were outside of sort of very quick details in afterlife. Uh, and in this case, he's saying that, quote unquote, we had a duty to make those legendary characters integral to this story. There comes a point in every story where the task of survival, of defeating the thing that you're up against, is going to require you to act. That's the moment that's really thrilling for me as a Ghostbusters fan. Watching their involvement in the story redefine itself, grow, and become more fully fleshed out in a way that speaks to the promise of the original Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters 2, what was glimpsed in the fields outside of Somerville in Afterlife. There's a direct line from there into who they are now and how they act here in our new story. So if you were perhaps a little concerned about the lack of OG Ghostbuster coverage in Afterlife or the missing backstory of some of those characters over the last 40 years, fear not. Uh, it seems like we're in good hands with Gil Kennan's direction uh, and his mutual effort in writing a story that continues to develop the characters we love with Jason Reitman. Uh, so I'm actually really excited to hear him talk about this because I have been concerned about how many characters will be in this movie and wanting to make sure that we don't have like I love Afterlife. As I say, this is not judgmental like it's a bad movie, but it, there are these moments where you go, how did they get there? <laughs> did they fly there? Did they have another Ecto? How did they arrive in Somerville? Uh, and where you don't really understand, you know, the, the depth of like sort of trauma that went on between Egon and Ray, such that, you know, a lot of folks went, Ray would never talk like this, but sure he would if he lost this business and his friend, he felt betrayed him and stuff. So I'm kind of hopeful that we're going to see a little more of this, of sort of the uh, undercurrent of how our Ghostbusters became who they are today. And it sounds like that's something that, you know, Gil Kennan's directing, uh, directly addressing head on. So I'm eager to see it. So that kind of brings you up to date on the Frozen Empire production and premiere news. But now this means we just get the turn to the latest Ghostbusters Frozen Empire merch. And this week, the popcorn just keeps on flowing into the buckets. Um, to recap from last week, I told you previously about the offerings at Cinemark locations, including a very cool figural Slimer bucket and a 130 ounce Slimer themed tin bucket, along with two new plush dolls and a cup uh, that have been out at Cinemark now for... I would probably say about 10 days, if not two weeks. I also told you that AMC and Regal are going to be offering a ghost trap a popcorn bucket, and each of them will be different. So there's two completely different ghost trap popcorn buckets coming our way. But this week, the news is that there's even more merch on the way, uh, though where some of it will end up is kind of unclear. Uh, some of this stuff, we know where it's going to turn up, and some of it, we're going to see who actually carries it. First up, Harkins Theaters, which are predominantly located in Arizona with a few locations in California, Colorado, and Oklahoma, uh, have announced that they will be offering a re-release of AMC's exclusive Ecto-1 popcorn bucket from Ghostbusters Afterlife, but now dressed in the all-new livery of the Ecto-1 scene in Frozen Empire. I hate to say this, but as much as this is the same mold for an Ecto-1 as we saw before, I need this. Because if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that our total lack of a 112 scale Ecto-1 toy that my Maddie collector figures will fit in or stand next to means I display them with a popcorn bucket from Afterlife. And the new one looks, well, new. <laughs> it doesn't look like a beat up old car that is in its quote unquote shitbox state. Uh, so it's I'm kind of excited about this thing, even though I think it could be uh, potentially one of the more difficult things to get and one of the more coveted options for Frozen Empire for collectors, given its likely really limited distribution if Harkins are the only folks who end up carrying it. Uh, Harkins exists in, uh, in Arizona, 
but there are like four locations here in California, like one in Colorado and one in Oklahoma. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that will play out, uh, given that they also don't seem to have a website to sell it like AMC did. So uh, we'll see what that's going to look like and where it will end up. And then there's promotional materials that Ghostbusters News uncovered this week with the help of contributing fans uh, that revealed that there's even more plush dolls and popcorn buckets on the way. Although it's not entirely clear who's going to be offering them because the images came from a promotional concession guide for theater owners uh, of a small theater chain that remains unknown. Uh, but what is clear is that somewhere out there, there is a popcorn bucket in the shape of the Ghostbusters firehouse hook and ladder eight. I'm not kidding you. There's, there's literally a hook and ladder eight that you can fill with popcorn and eat out of, which is just like mind blowing and amazing. Now, to be clear, this is not like a figural molded popcorn bucket in the shape of the of, of the firehouse uh, like the Ecto one is or, uh, you know, like the Slimer one is from Cinemark. But rather, this is a rectangular tin with a lid on which a firehouse design has been printed. But boy, howdy, it's a nice looking firehouse design. Uh, and this makes it no less cool. I need this damn thing to make my life complete uh, because I'm now apparently have some sort of strange addiction to popcorn buckets. That means I need them all. I, you know, before I needed like an Ecto-1 one and I needed a mini puffed one during Afterlife and we were good to go. But by the time we're done with this movie, I'm going to have filled the room with these things. Um, so if that wasn't enough that we're going to have a dope, uh, you know, tin popcorn bucket in the shape of the firehouse. We're also apparently getting to see the mini puffed popcorn bowl that was available for Afterlife at Cinemark make a comeback with new paint accents. Uh, that actually color in the mouth of that mini puffed that probably should have been done the first time around, frankly, because it looks a lot better with that accent done to it. And then there's new plush options that we didn't know about until now. Uh, it appears there's going to be a nine inch tall mini puffed who's wearing cinema 3D glasses uh, that will be in scale with the existing nine inch tall mini puffs that are out there from Afterlife uh, and the s'mores one that's currently out at Cinemark as well as two things that are being referred to as shoulder pals, which seem smaller and they're designed to like clip on your shoulder like a pet. This reminds me of the awkwardly named Slimer shoulder sitter. Say that three times fast uh, that Ruby's had available before they were kind of gobbled up by an acquisition by NECA's parent company. Uh, and so it's a very similar product, although these are plush and that thing was rubber. I'm afraid to try and say it again because I feel like if I do, I'll probably say something that I don't mean to, but I think you get the point. Uh, so there's there's some really cool options here that we don't know who's going to be offering them yet. A uh, couple other things here are a 12 inch logo pillow that is uh, likely the same pattern as the one they did for Afterlife, given that it's like the same exact thing, but without the rivets on it that the uh, sort of Rust City inspired logo had. And um you know, we're not really sure where this is going to take place. Like, we just know that these are options that are out there. But what's clear is that because they're going out to several different independent theater chains uh, rather than major ones, uh, that these are maybe items that are not exclusives. They're going to be something that maybe different theaters can access and buy. So maybe they'll show up in different places or maybe they'll show up on, uh, you know, Shop Cinemark or AMC Movie Merchandise or somewhere else. But the point is that these items are out there and they're pretty cool looking. As for more information on where they'll be offered, I'm going to keep you updated. But in the meantime, uh, make sure you head over to Ghostbusters News to check out the offerings that Jason's found so far, because he's got really great pictures of this to show you. And one thing is for sure about, you know, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, it's going to have more promotional merch available next to popcorn and Snickers bars in the theater than any other Ghostbusters movie in history. And at this rate, 
potentially as much as a WWE event. And I am not at all complaining. So bring it on. Um, in more generally licensed merch news, uh, Ghostbusters offerings continue to proliferate at HalloweenCostumes.com with Ghostbusters news reporting this week on a Slimer themed pumpkin decoration. This is a like green molded jack-o'-lantern that's made of plastic that lights up and stands about 10 inches tall and it's sculpted in the shape of Slimer's face. If you're struggling to understand what that means, imagine if you took Slimer and you removed his arms and you took the like top of his head off and turned it into a stem of a pumpkin and you removed his Slimer booty and you just made it into the bottom of a pumpkin. That's what's on offer for $19.99 and it lights up. You can see images of it over on HalloweenCostumes.com or by visiting Ghostbusters News and it'll be available in June. Uh, it's definitely a unique take on Slimer. Uh, not something that I think I was expecting to see. You know, I mean, obviously plastic jack-o'-lanterns that light up are not unheard of at the holiday season, but seeing Slimer turned into one is kind of funny. And I'm amused by this because he almost looks like a cartoon version of Slimer as an inspiration. So it's kind of feels like something you could have seen in an episode of the real Ghostbusters if he had just like shape-shifted into a pumpkin at Halloween season and just sat on Peter's desk or something. So uh, kind of cool. Again, $19.99, so not something that's going to break the bank and kind of fun that lights up will be good decor for Halloween. Uh, and you can check it out over on HalloweenCostumes.com. And the other thing they've got coming out in August is if you've got some tiny humans in your life, there's a new Stay Puft costume that's coming out for uh, little kids that's advertised as deluxe and featuring premium stuffing and stitch work. In essence, this is like a costume that looks like your child has been transformed into a plush Stay Puft doll, except their face. If you live in a cold place, I imagine this is probably the most awesome costume you could wear and would keep you really warm. And it, between $54.99 and $59.99, depending upon size, it's not terribly priced for the style and the materials uh, that are involved. I mean, Halloween costumes cost too much money as it is uh, for kids, and many of them just rip apart because they're made of really low quality materials. And this looks way more like almost like a little mascot suit with a cutout face for little kids. It's kind of awesome. So uh, that's going to be coming available in August. So you can take a look at that now over at HalloweenCostumes.com if you're interested. One merch news item that I overlooked last week is that there are a few new Ghostbusters items available at Hot Topic from self-proclaimed fashion for fangirls company, Her Universe. Uh, these offerings are available on the Her Universe website as well. If for some reason you can't get them from Hot Topic, like maybe they don't ship where you live, but Her Universe, Her, uh, Her Universe does, etc. Uh, but on offer are a Stay Puft shaped plush backpack that functions like a purse, uh, two different sets of earrings, one in the shape of Stay Puft and the other the Ghostbusters logo, and a Ghostbusters logo necklace. Uh, and you can find these items in store at a Hot Topic near you or on the Hot Topic website with the backpack running $49.90, and the jewelry items are originally priced at $10.90 each, but since release, they've been available for 20% off on sale for $8.72 after discount. So if this is something that interests you, uh, if you're looking to pick up some like fun you know, costume jewelry that's got Ghostbusters themed, or if you just want like a cute backpack you can wear to put your stuff in that is, looks like you've got a plush state puffed attached to you, Head over to HotTopic.com uh, or the Her Universe website and uh, check these out today. In unlicensed and unofficial merch news, I want to remind you that Phantasm Toys pre-ordered for their last uh, set of Crypt Creepers, or rather their latest set of Crypt Creepers, hopefully not their last, I don't think that's the case, uh, that's going to be closing this weekend on Saturday, uh, February 24th. If you've 
sort of forgotten what this is. These are their companion ghost minifigures that are in scale with the minifigures from the Kenner and Kenner Classics lines of real Ghostbusters figures. If you want to see what these look like up close and in hand, you can of course go take a look at their website, but you should also know that I will be putting out a video likely the day after the podcast airs to let people take a look at what's on offer. That includes Parkageist, the haunted red jacket ghost who's inspired by our fanatical mania for Ghostbusters in crimson coats, uh, Vinny and Zuli, the two mini ghost gargoyle terror puppy forms of our favorite terror dogs, and the third option here that's available is a ghost called Blinky. And if you are a fan of Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, you're going to know exactly who this ghost is because you might know him. Something looks kind of very extremely similarly to somebody you know as Winky. And I can't understate how much I am in love with Blinky as a person who has played an insane amount of Spirits Unleashed. When I say insane, I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, like, I have played over a thousand hours of that game since it came out in October of like 2022, right? Is that when it came out? I forget. Uh, which for some of you, you're going to go, dude, really? Find a life. Um, but I have one. I, it's very rewarding. And I also like that game. <laughs> but, but I digress. As a result of my love for that game, I also really think that this figure is so cool. In fact, it may be the Ecto coolest. Uh, this is the first figure to be produced by anyone that is inspired by the original ghosts in that game. And I'm not exaggerating to you at all when I say that the details on this figure on both the ghost itself and the glow-in-the-dark Tobin spirit guide stand on which he sits are outstanding and looks like somebody rendered the video game straight into a figure. But they didn't. Uh, this is rather the painstaking modeling and casting work that Brendan Pierce and Tony Taylor over to Phantasm put into things. If you're a Spirits Unleashed fan, you need to go look at this because it's something that you're going to want in your collection for sure. Uh, I, to be honest, like I don't think that Hasbro is ever going to do a line of Spirits Unleashed inspired figures, right? It's probably not a thing that's on their agenda. And this may be the only way you ever see something that's kind of from that game. And some of us really love the rookie figure from Ghostbusters, the video game that came out from Maddie Collector is the only thing from that game that came out. And to me, I look at Blinky as very, very much kind of the same kind of thing. Uh, so don't miss out on these figures because they're all excellent. The sculpts on them are like literally better than what the website images look like. And I'm not even kidding you. Like I had a conversation with Tony where I said to him in a message, dude, these look better than your website. And I almost felt like I was potentially sounding like an ass as I said it, but they do great work. The figures are outstanding. I'm hoping to show them to you on YouTube. So keep your eyes peeled on Extraplasm YouTube for some imminent kitchen counter review action. And lastly, in uh, sort of unlicensed merchandise, you're going to hear Matt Sanders and I talk about this shortly, but Tom and Matt over at TCU Collectibles and the Containment Unit Autograph Collecting Group on Facebook are launching the first of a few new signings this week. Up for grabs now are autographs from Howie Weed, who worked on effects for Ghostbusters 2 and was also the performer who portrayed the possessed version of Ray Stance after Vigo attempts to hijack his body near the end of Ghostbusters 2 as well as like part, you know, the, the scene with the giant floating head, like he is the giant floating head. Um, so it, you can check this out now, go over to the Ghostbusters containment unit autograph collecting group or TCU collectibles on Facebook to find this. Each autograph is $50 uh, printed eight by 10 photos and ray gun cards are going to be $5 extra and printed 12 by 18 projects or $10 extra. This is the big thing on this is that the deadline to order is March 2nd. So you have like a very limited window to get this done, like a little over a week if you want to get, uh, you know, Howie Weed stuff 
And to be real, like there's not really probably another performer who you can attach or link to Vigo at this point, if that's something you want in your collection, given that, uh, you know, the two performers that played Vigo, both in physical form and in voice, are no longer with us and have passed on to the great beyond. So uh, this is something that if you're a Vigo fan or a Ghostbusters 2 fan, you want to be able to put something in your collection. Don't wait. You should definitely contact them now at ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com to get that done. In addition, the guys over at TCU also have a really unique offering available. Um, the Hank Mayo, who's a concept artist on Ghostbusters 2 and a ton of other stuff, uh, has agreed to do 25 eight and a half by 11 inch size sketches uh, that are going to be different characters from Ghostbusters 2. He's doing five of Slimer, five of Tony Scolari, five of Nunzio Scolari, five of the Jogger Ghost, and five of the Terror Tub. These are hand-drawn original sketches by a concept artist who helped to create those characters. This is incredibly unique, uh, incredibly rare, super cool. They're going to be first come, first served. The price tag on these is a little higher than you might expect for the average autograph because of what's involved. It is an original piece of artwork that's going to be created by a concept artist who worked on the film. So the price tag on this is $300 uh, and you will end up getting them after they're picked up in June uh, by the guys at the containment unit. So uh, if there's something that you want to take a look at, you can go over to the containment unit group or to the TCU collectible site and take a look at the sample images they've posted of this. These are really amazing pieces that are really beautiful. Um, and it's something that I really am contemplating whether or not I want to do this, not because I don't want to do it, but because there's so many other things I need to spend money on right now in terms of like, you know, potentially trying to go to some big event that I really want to go to. Um, so I'm trying to sort of pocket money away and at the same time. This has come up and I'm like, man, this is a really cool thing. So uh, if, if you're out there and you love Ghostbusters too, like don't miss this. This is a really unique opportunity to take home a piece of concept art from the actual concept artist who worked on the film uh, and who's got a real deep appreciation for the same characters you do. Uh, if you're interested in any of those things, contact Matt at ghostbustersautographs at gmail.com. And again, I will talk about this. Or you'll hear about it in a little bit when we talk about it in the episode, uh, you know, rather than the interview portion of this week's Extraplasm. The last item I want to direct you toward this week is to go check out the whoyougonnacall.org website, which you heard Ryan Espin and Bob Anderson talk with me about a few episodes ago. The site is now live, and you can check out all the progress that they've made in listing new Ghostbusters franchises, uh, the new features they're putting into play. It's really coming together quickly, and it's really awesome to see their vision uh, sort of coming into fruition and to see this new project come together, especially as we've watched like the number of Facebook pages that have been deleted and stuff. I really firmly believe this is going to be a super valuable resource for the community. So uh, if you haven't already checked it out, go to who you going to call dot org and go take a look at what they're building. And if you've got a franchise, uh, maybe submit the stuff you need to in order to get yourself listed there. And if you don't know there's a franchise in your area, maybe you'll find out by checking this website. Okay, uh, so that about wraps up our headlines for this week. So let's turn now to my conversation with Matt Sanders as we get into, uh, you know, sort of his experience at Megacon, uh, some other stuff we want to talk about in terms of autographs of what's coming out soon and our sort of our hopes and dreams and wishes for what's going to happen with Frozen Empire and uh, 2024 and the 40th anniversary of Ghostbusters. <laughs> 
joining me in Extraplasm Podcast and returning after an adventure to Megacon to secure some awesome autographs for people in the community and now to announce what's going to happen next, uh, Matt Sanders of TCU Collectibles, a.k.a. the Containment Unit Group on Facebook uh, for autograph collecting. Matt, how are you doing? Jim, I'm doing fantastic. I am glad to be here with you. Uh, I'm recovered. I'm feeling better. And uh, looking forward to a very exciting month or so. Yeah, about a month from now. Yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy, right? Like, I think we're both uh, in the mode of trying to figure out how and where and when we can access a premiere if someone will let us come. And (laughs) we're all in the crazy mode now. I don't even know if they're going to let me within so many feet of the cast and crew. Like, I think Bill's got some kind of restraining order or something. I don't I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. You're allowed, but they're like, you can come, but you have to leave all your Sharpies at home. No. (laughs) Fine. Blood will work. Blood will work. Um, Well, I'm I'm excited you're here and I'm hopeful that we're going to get to see each other real soon. Um, You know, if you get to New York and I get to New York, then we actually might get to hang out. Um, And the last time we got to hang out was actually on this coast when we met up at the Frankenstein collectible show uh, and wandered around and bought toys, um, (laughs) which was kind of fun. But. Yeah. Good old times. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about it and I'm excited also about, you know, the things you've got coming up in the hopper. We're going to talk about in terms of signings and we can uh, sort of debrief on what went on with your Megacon experience, which, as I understand, it was a pretty like crazy experience for literally anyone I know who went because it was like so many things being signed at once by so many signers. Uh, So, yeah, we have plenty of stuff we can talk about. But I do want to ask you this because you mentioned it before we started. Um, you mentioned this idea that like, maybe you could have another Billy Bryan signing and we would love that. <laughs> and I would love that because you sort of joked about this. Like we've been talking about his, his puppet. This oh, big... we, it's like a non-negotiable. <laughs> if we work with Billy again, it's gotta be an interview, but we don't want an interview with Billy Bryan. <laughs> Tom, uh, so wisely suggested that we set aside Billy. We want an interview. With Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, for folks who don't know what we're talking about, like, Billy Bryan is, you know, the person who made Stay Puffed in terms of the, the suit. And he was the guy inside the suit in 1984 who's, you know, bo- bounding down the street as the performer inside the mm-hmm. Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man suit. And so if you've ever, you know, seen Billy Bryan at a convention, he does things like he, you know, will sign like fo- photos of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and he yep. sells little like castings of, uh, Stay Puff's hands. So yeah, cool. right. They're very he's cool. Such right. A like, guy. and he's really fun. He's a really awesome dude. He's also an artist who works in lots of different media and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worked on tons of different movies. He did, who was the, um, who did he do the, the earthworm Halloween costume for? Remember that a couple of years ago? Oh um, yeah. I can't remember who it was, but there was like some model or actress who he just was like, yeah, I'm going to make a giant worm costume for you. And you're going <laughs> to go out to Halloween party where you can't move your limbs. But he has this giant Stay Puffed head puppet and he's been on social media like just, hi, everybody. I'm Mr. Yeah. Stay Puffed <laughs> with this giant head. And it's made me wonder, and I want you to think about this for a second. Do you think that's the voice in Billy Bryan's head when he was performing Mr. Stay Puffed? Like when he was like bounding down the street, (laughs) right? Like when he was bounding down the street, was he in his head going, Hey everybody, I'm stepping on a church. (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) 
And then I love that, like, when he does it, he's like, will refer to himself as Billy while he's mouthing the puppet. So that's my second question is, in Billy Brian's mind, is Stay Puffed named Billy? Like, Stay Puffed is his character name. But when he takes off the sailor neckerchief and he takes off the company hat, (laughs) is he just a marshmallow man named Billy? That's it. That's it. (laughs) This is just so we're clear. You Mascot can get him for day, an interview. Billy by night. <laughs> right. And you can get him for an interview and, ha- and interview him in character as Billy Puffed, which is now my new name for him. <laughs> but I want the interview where I delve into this, where we have a conversation about whether or not this performance of Billy Puffed that happens with this giant puppet is just kind of like the behind the scenes version of Stay Puffed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like, what's the Pillsbury Doughboy's name when he's not on the job, right? Like, is he, does he go with that full name? Like, hi, I'm the Pillsbury Doughboy. Or is he like, yeah, how you doing? I'm Mike. I, uh, I work as the Pillsbury Doughboy <laughs> on, uh, you know, on the set. It's really great. Like, I like that. I like the voice. I think they go together perfectly. <laughs> yeah, he just does the hee-hee thing when he needs to on cube. Otherwise, he's like, yeah, how you doing? Yeah, no, I got three kids I'm putting through school. Uh, one of them's named Muffin, one of them's named Breadstick, and one of them is named, um, you know, croissant. Garlic Knot. He's the little one. Yeah, Croissant. He's going to... He Croissant is my French exchange student. Um, <laughs> like, just... I don't know. This is a terrible bit, but, like, I, I just think it would be kind of fun to delve into this question with Billy Bryan of where the character of that puppet comes from um and so i think that you have probably have a closer shot at getting an answer to that question at some point uh because of course you have the containment unit podcast where you have interviewed lots of folks who you've done signings with and stuff and i hope you're going to be doing some more of that this year we we are working on setting up many interviews for the 40th anniversary so we want to kind of dust off the podcast Get a lot of cool and exciting uh, people lined up, a lot of stories and stuff. One of them has to be Stay Puffed Billy. Yeah. Or Billy Puffed. That, Billy that, Puffed. That's got to happen. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lobby him and just message him on Instagram and be like, dude, come on, change your handle to Billy Puffed. Like, <laughs> sell Billy Puffed rock t-shirts. Like, I'd buy one. I, come on. This would be great. So what if he did that? Like, what if he did a puppet version of the Mr. Stay Puff, Stay Puff but it was like the coming out of our shells tour from like oh, the Ninja Turtles gosh. and Billy the, Puff was like the, the Billy the Idol Mike, version. All that. Oh, yeah. That'd be so cool. The ripped <laughs> denim. Come on. Yeah. We need Stay Puffed and ripped Devin, denim. This is. Yes. This is when people say, I wonder what Universal's doing this year. Uh, I hear Ghostbusters is coming back. This is what it is, folks. It's the Billy Puff stage show. <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights, here we go. <laughs> well, uh, leaving aside what might be happening in Florida at Universal, um, tell me a bit about how your trip uh, to Megacon was. I mean, I was going to say to Florida, but you live in Florida. So I it's do. Not like- <laughs> so my trip to Megacon is not very exciting. But uh, no, I, you know, it was uh, in hindsight. Uh, I'm not surprised by it, but I think I heard that there was over 190,000 people throughout the weekend. Wow. And I think that puts it as like top two, three highest attended conventions um, of all time. At least that's what I was hearing. So it was a ton of people. And the guest list, it was out of this world. I've been to several conventions. I follow them closely. 
because of the autograph game. Um, and this, the, the, the amount of A-list top celebrities at Megacon was just insane. And so uh, I was very excited to meet many people and at the same time, already super very nervous because <laughs> i knew with with guests like that means there's going to be a ton of people which means long waits right and uh, a crazy time so yeah it was good i mean this may be sacrilege so i apologize ahead of time if i offend anybody but uh our mutual friend jd raymer and i were talking about this too and he agrees so at least i'm in I have a little if bit of JD company. says it. It's fact. That's the then deal. It's got to be. But for me, <laughs> Ghostbusters is like number one and then like maybe one B. So one A, one B is back to the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love back to the future. And um, and I feel like my enjoyment and appreciation of back to the future has grown as I've gotten older for some reason. It ages sure. so well. Oh, it and does. So they had the cast. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson. And uh, Tom Wilson were there. And so I was excited to meet all those guys and uh, see Michael J. Fox again. Like, I, I just I can't imagine how much longer the guy's going to be going to shows. Right. And uh, so, like, it was it was a big weekend, not to mention we had some Ghostbusters guests there as well. Yeah, um, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But that's a really good point that like uh, the, the Back to the Future, the promotion that's happening of that movie is kind of funny to me because like there's not a sequel. I don't ever want there to be like, let me be very clear about this. As much as I ever wanted there to yep. be a sequel to a Ghostbusters movie, I'm like, take Back to the Future, take those three movies, you put them in a box and you leave them alone. You want to make a musical? Fine, go do that. <laughs> but you do not touch these three movies. You don't reopen the franchise up. You don't mess with it. It's good the way it is. But I agree. It, what you're saying is kind of true that like Michael J. Fox has been making a lot of appearances mm -hmm. like in the last couple of years. He's shown up in places. He was at New York Comic Con, I think, last year, too. And uh, there is a part of me that wonders, like, if this is sort of a <clears throat> um, big push before he stops doing those conventions, you know, like getting it done while he can. He also has a book he's promoting, um, you know, that he's out working with. But. I think and it's he just kind had of his documentary release on Apple TV, uh, right? Which was amazing. So, yeah, the, uh, that's what Im impresses me. So, removing the fact that I enjoy most of his movies, uh, the fact that this guy has severe uh, Parkinson's, but mm -hmm. has the best attitude, stays active, and right. still gets stuff done. It's it's amazing to me. It's an inspiration yeah. to me. And so, to see him again was great. Um, the autograph experience for Michael J. Fox, it's, you know, it, it, it take whatever you think it is and make it more of a conveyor belt. I mean, that's, you walk in and if he's got a lot of people helping, which he, he, he needs it, but it's, it's quick. It's very right. quick. And so I'm just amazed that he's able to sit there for hours on end. He's got his music. He's got his rock and roll playing in the background and he's just, he's just going to town signing stuff, but always good to see him. It seems to like he has a good uh, sort of support system around him and that like the cast of the movie are mm -hmm. very protective. You know, they're yep. very much like a family. You, you sort of see it. And it kind of is wonderful to me when you think about the fact that like he was the guy who came into a cast that yeah. had already been working. You know, it would have been really easy to have like, wow, this is really uncomfortable. Somebody's coming in, replacing somebody else, you know, and 
he was kind of working between that and family ties and running between sets and things. And yet he has like this sort of long-term relationship with Christopher Lloyd and stuff that when you see them at conventions, you know, it's like almost like he's helping to take care of him. And you're like, man, this is so strange. Cause like they really have developed this strong, like significant long-term bond mm-hmm. that their characters like would have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, like doc is so worried about Marty's future and whatnot and the movie. And then you see, sort of like how they work to take care of Michael J. Fox and work together to get through Q and A's and things. And you go, mm-hmm. man, it's really wonderful. Like what they got to make, you know, not just a movie, but they got to make a relationship out of it. That's really amazing. Yep. And it used to be too, that, uh, when they all get together like that, I don't know if this is true for Megacon, but when I saw them in 2019, it was that a lot of the, the money that comes in from them doing these appearances as the cast goes towards the right. Fox foundation. So yeah, um, that, that's really cool too. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody there is pretty much, you know, pretty successful, you know, mm-hmm. but, yeah. um, yeah, except Biff, they took that, that, uh, you know, they took Tom Wilson's almanac away and he got to 2015. He made a bunch of bad bets. And, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> None of that is true. Anyone like they're listening. Like, what Tom Wilson has a gambling problem. No, <laughs> like that's no, no. Biff does, <laughs> but. But apparently he didn't used to sign Back to the Future stuff. I think there was a season where he was so sick of being Biff. Yeah. And no, being recognized as Biff that he didn't sign and refuse to sign Back to the Future stuff. So the fact that he's back out of recent and doing shows again. Um, yeah. It's great. Yeah. There was a point where you could sort of see him out here trying to make stand up work and stuff, you know, like out in L.A. And you're like, oh, he's doing appearances. And he was not necessarily like super receptive to talking about that in all points, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it's great that they're doing it now. And I hope that, uh, you know, obviously I want them to continue to thrive as long as possible, you know, doing what they're doing. But uh, don't ever touch those movies. You leave those alone. They don't they don't need improvement. They they don't need to be reopened. You just make them what they are. Kids like 50 years from now will be like, what's a DeLorean? (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a terrifying thought. What, What would they replace that with? Like, that's why, like you talk about sequels, I could almost get behind a sequel before I could get behind a reboot. Um, yeah, because like, how do you? What, I guess the new DeLorean is about to come out in the next couple of years, so I don't know. <laughs> if they did it now, it would be a Tesla Cybertruck. That is true. <laughs> it would be. It would be a stainless steel Tesla Cybertruck. <laughs> that is. That's a good call. And Einstein would be a cat. <laughs> <laughs> they would be like nah cats test way better with the internet crowd dogs are an 80s thing you got to replace them put a cat in there so um well let's chat a little bit about what went on with megacon and your signings yeah. with mckenna grace and uh your attempted signing we'll put it that way yeah with finn wolfhard because uh, i know you did everything you could to try and make that happen and things kind of went a little bit differently than you expected yeah We'll start with McKenna because that was the one that worked. Um, and can I tell you, uh, she is a delight. She is absolutely amazing. Um, this is what I hear. She uh, is as excited about her role in Ghostbusters as we are excited about her role in Ghostbusters. Um, she's funny. She's sweet. I was able to catch her panel and hear some of her stories. You can ask her questions that we would like the hypothetical. If you could take any prop from the firehouse 
after you were done filming? Which prop would you take? She had a great answer. <laughs> I don't know if I, do you want to know? Is it I, like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think uh, it's kind of out there. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. She said the Slimer puppet. I'm like, come on, that great yeah. answer. You know, she's just a big fan of Slimer and all that. And we were talking about the infamous red jackets uh, and parkas. She's just great. She was fantastic and loved signing things for her fans, took interest in things, um, insisted on. I, Tom had mentioned this, I think, last time you spoke uh, to him after the first signing with McKenna a couple months ago. But she insisted on signing uh, Phoebe Spangler just because she is yeah. proud to carry that name. And um, and oftentimes you didn't ask for it. She still gave it to you. Um, but uh, she's just she was she was great. So the, the, the issue is when you go to conventions, though. So if anybody has ever been, you might be able to, to relate. And I want you to think of like a packed. Convention where you have yeah. thousands of people walking all directions all around you. Yep. Elbow to elbow. And, and nobody's yep. it's always like just a sea of thriving, arriving people who are like see us something in a distance at a booth and they're like, I want to go look at that. And they just kind of go they're like just, a line. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're not thinking about anything. They're just walking right. without looking where they're going. They're running into children and strollers and people in wheelchairs. Like it's just mass chaos. <laughs> so, um, typically how some sometimes these signings work. Here's a little inside baseball. If you're able to get a hold of the celebrity's representation, you can set up a time to meet with the celebrity. If you have enough items right. to sign in the back room or somewhere else like that. So that's what we were expecting. And that's how your last one was, right? When Correct. Tom went, because we've talked about this on the podcast when he was on that, like he essentially was ha hanging out with McKenna's dog Gizmo yep. while she went to go do a panel in the back room. Right. So yeah, not exactly the experience that you had, right? No. So <laughs> instead we got thrown a last minute curveball where they, uh, they, it was just wasn't an option and it was decided that we were going to do the signing at her table. So again, you're talking about a table that's maybe just a couple feet wide right? and um, cramped with people walking all over. And the, the stress is when you get posters signed and we got a lot of people who wanted uh, Frozen Empire stuff signed in paint, red paint. Uh, it needs space to dry. And so we're having right. to put it out on the floor at the same time, getting stuff signed and make sure it's signed correctly without people trampling all over stuff. And um, so it was absolute chaos from that standpoint. But the actually working with McKenna, she was delightful. Yeah. Everything I hear about, uh, you know, interacting with her is that she's been absolutely thrilled and excited about what she's doing and is totally stoked to engage the fandom um, yeah, I think the way Tom put it when he was on was that he feels that she may be a bigger Ghostbusters fan than we are. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I she's mean, more I truly think are. so. <laughs> like, uh, you know, she she I know she's talked about it before and has posted the pictures, but uh, in her panel, uh, someone had asked just if she was a fan before filming the movies. And she just reminded everyone I, I dressed up as Ghostbusters as a kid. Like that was Halloween right. costumes before I even had this job. And um, and so she, you know, she's she is a huge fan. It's a huge fan. But there's just this burden that I carry. And I know Tom feels the same way that we, we our goal is to treat every single item as if it's our own. And so right. the stress of making sure that we are getting all the items signed as requested and making sure that things aren't being trampled or 
rolled over by this massive Autobot walking through or somebody dressed in, you know, whatever costume who can't even see straight, you know? Right. And so we're guarding and it, it was, Jim, I had the Great Lakes under my armpits by the time I was done. I was so I stressed. Yeah, I mean, it's not to like try to compare this as a one to one at all, but uh, I think that, you know, you have heard my story about J.D. Raymer and I going to go meet Patton Oswald. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we both walked into that and had like nine items a piece, not for anybody else, just because we were like, well, let's bring some eight by tens. Let's bring some posters. Let's like, what's what can we get done? Let's just see what we can do. And we got there and it was this weird event where it was just like you bought tickets to go get things signed by any of the 20 signers who were in this comic book shop. And the tickets were like two for five dollars. <laughs> so we just like walked up to him with this roll of tickets like we just come from the skee-ball machine like hi i'd like to change in these tickets for some <laughs> autographs and we kind of overwhelmed him i think because like we walked up and we were like here you go here's some stuff and he just started signing like, he just grabbed a pen and was like okay cool and i was like wait wait, wait hold on hold on hold, can, can, can you use this you know silver marker on this and, <laughs> and he was like oh oh okay and they kind of looked at us kind of weird at first and um and he like tossed something on top of something else and the paint smudged and I was like, oh my God, this is what you guys go through, but you go through it with everyone else's stuff. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And in this case, we were just like, well, let's just see what we can get done. So, um, yeah, if you ever have a signing with Pat Oswald, I would love to. If you have, if you ever do, you have to ask him while you do it. Do you remember two weird guys who showed up at a comic book shop and <laughs> knew your character's name when you didn't? And <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Although I have to be fair, I can't decide if he didn't really know his character name or if he was just doing like, I can't divulge my character's name unless you know what it is. Because playing it safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But we did. Dr. Hubert Wardsky. Yeah. What a, what a, what a great name. Yeah. I can't, I'm like so excited. I can't wait to see his character in the movie. I don't think he's going to be at the climax, like donning a proton pack and being, you know, an A level Ghostbuster, but. I think he's going to add a lot to the movie in terms of lore. Um, he seems like he's a researcher yeah. or something. And for some reason, that last name Wardsky just sounds like a Dan Aykroyd name. He, he came up with that. I feel like yeah. Uncle Dan <laughs> named Patton Oswalt. <laughs> Hubert Wardsky. It's like a, an improv character he's been keeping in his brain for the last 40 years. He just gets, hello, I'm Hubert Wardsky. I'm here to serve you a steak. I don't know. That's, I don't know why that's what Hubert Wardsky would do. I'm not Dan Aykroyd, everyone, in case you forgot. Uh, so you have the signing with McKenna. She's a delight. You get everything done. You plan to get done. You, you've then of course, if, cause you're you, you took photos of everybody's stuff and sent it to them and said, Hey, here's what your stuff looks like, uh, which is yep. awesome. So that, that way f- folks can feel secure about their signings being done, which is a thing you don't at all need to do. You could just be like, it'll be back to you when it gets back to you suckers. Uh, but you take the energy and the effort to do that. That was a crazy experience, but I think that your Finn Wolfhard experience was arguably crazier. Here's the the, the issue. So you, you kind of have a handshake agreement with the representation uh, because they're there first to meet their fans. Understandably right. so. Like if you were to go to a convention expecting to meet McKenna Grace or Finn Wolfhard and then they were never at their table because they're meeting with guys who have hundreds of items to sign the entire time right understandably so you'd be upset right so we 
uh, it just worked out that it was kind of one of those things that <clears throat> you'll know when the signing will happen when we tell you the signing can happen. Like it's just beyond pins and needles the whole time, which for me stresses me out. I like a plan um, as right. much as possible. <clears throat> and so that was how it worked with McKenna. We got a, hey, uh, she can do it now. And so we're scurrying downstairs with all the stuff and, and all that. But we knew that Finn wouldn't happen until Saturday or Sunday. That was the last day of the show. Saturday was going to be absolute chaos. And the difference between Finn and McKenna is that McKenna was there for an extra day. So people had more opportunities to get her. Um, And while she's got some great titles to her name, she's in the Marvel Universe. She's uh, got her shows and all the other things that she's doing. It's not Stranger Things. Sure. And so Saturday all day, Finn's line was slammed a couple hours deep. And I heard he on both days stayed after the show a considerable amount of time to make sure that everybody got their stuff signed. But so we were planning on Sunday and uh, the way the way this works is, again, I've got stuff kind of hidden and tucked away. And um, and then we just we never get the call. We never get the message. Uh, because again, he's between signing at the table, the right. photo ops. It's just, he was so busy that it's just, it didn't happen. And so I had a lot of people, well, why, why, why wouldn't you just go through his line? Because we had double the amount of items for Finn. <laughs> right. did McKenna. Yeah, I, I didn't even get my personal stuff signed. So uh, it's not like I'm even showing favoritism where I get my stuff right. and Tom's stuff. Like it just, it didn't work out that way. Well, and um, I imagine like if you just go through the line and you walk in the line, you're like, hey, I've got dozens or a hundred items like that is not probably a moment where you're greeted with a lot of joy. <laughs> like if you show up in the line like, hi, I'm here and I've spent this much money and now I would like all of this done right now as people are standing right behind you. Like, right. That can't be a thing that goes over. And well, without you know? like having space to set things and organize it and put it like it's just. It, it can't happen that way. And so, Jim, I, I, here's how irrational I am. So I ended up paying to get a photo op with McKenna and Finn uh, with my son. But I haven't even posted it on Facebook because I'm just the whole time. I'm People can be unreasonable. I don't know if you know <laughs> right. this. Yes. But the, like, I just know people are going to be like, really? You had time to get a photo op, but you couldn't get my thing signed? Right. It doesn't work that way. No, like, it's not, at not all. the same, but it's just, you know, and truth be told, I was sick over not being able to get it done. I feel like I let the group down. I let so many people down because it wasn't able to happen. It was out of my control. Rational Matt knows that. Right. It just didn't happen. And so. No, and I, I had messaged you like afterwards and I felt bad because it was very clear that you were like, I, I didn't get it didn't get done. And, and you know you posted in the containment unit group. Like, I feel like I let everybody down and I was like, you've done everything you can. What are you going to do? Are you going to force him to sign everything? You're going <laughs> to kidnap Finn Wolfhard and like throw him in the back yeah. of a van and be like, sign this or you're never getting back into Hawkins. Like, exactly. Just- <laughs> yeah. Come on. And so now, you know, we're, we're, we are working to reschedule, which is tricky with him filming another season of stranger things right now, right. I think. And, uh, going to be busy promoting the new film here soon. Um, and so we're, we're trying to work on dates and if we're not able to get one soon, we'll be working on refunds. Everybody's money is safe. Your items yeah. are safe. There's nothing you need to worry about that way. Um, but we just, because it could be one of those things, Hey, we, you, you can meet them, but it's gotta be in next week. Right. And so it's like, I can't send everything back and then expect you to get. So there, there is a rhyme and a reason, um, at, you know, 
it, it didn't yeah, no, work out. Also, sometimes it I mean, does, like, sometimes look, it doesn't. I, if if you're out there listening and you're like, I paid for a Finn Wolfhard autograph with the containment uh, unit and I didn't get it and you should send my stuff back like now. Like, don't do that because obviously they're going to try and do everything they can to get it done. But the other reason to me is like, the more you put a thing in the mail, <laughs> the more things go wrong with it, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So it's like, if it didn't get done now, okay, cool. Just hang on to it. It'll be fine. Like it's going to get done. Or if it's not, then it's going to come back to you safe and sound because you guys are great at taking care of this stuff and you know what you're doing with it. And I have to say, like, I appreciate like the, uh, the level of stress you had for this and the, the like effort you're putting in to try and figure out how to get it fixed, you know? And it's just like, it, but at the end of the day, you're right. Like it is ultimately about people's availability, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the things that's kind of weird to consider for everybody listening out there, I think is that like, like Finn Wolfhard doesn't need to do autographs. <laughs> like it's not a thing he needs to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if he wants to do it because it's something that is a thing he feels like doing because it generates some revenue or because he has an interest in making fans happy. Great. But like, it's kind of the weirdest thing to consider that like these folks, the more successful they are, the less they need to actually engage the thing we are hoping they'll come do you know right so yeah yeah. the silver lining too is just the amount like it's exciting to see the amount of kids and people dressed as ghostbusters going through their line the fact that his line was busy is a really great thing especially as we enter into a new film so you know um it's it's just the availability the timing it just didn't work out this time uh we're working on it don't you worry because again he didn't sign my item and I'm selfish. So if I need them, we're going to work to get them. Hey, and that you guys is true. benefit. You've so. always said this. And so is Tom. That like when I say, who are you planning on getting? It's always like, well, who do I still need? Yeah, <laughs> right. Because exactly. it's like it's about how you complete your collections and it helps out other people at the same time. Did you see a lot of kids coming through each of their lines? Like, I mean, I expect to see adults and to be real, like sometimes I'm amazed at how many adults in flight suits <laughs> are mm-hmm. showing up to talk to a 16 year old girl uh, or 16 year old woman. It's weird. Like I've said this, we are older than the people in a Ghostbusters movie now. And that's kind of strange, but it mm-hmm. makes me wonder, like, are you seeing kids coming through those lines? Cause you're definitely seeing us walk through those lines. Right. Oh, um, sure. but yeah, do you see kids yeah. who are kind of out there Tons engaging of those characters? Yeah. We saw, I saw a bunch of kids dressed as Ghostbusters. I saw a bunch of kids going in the, in the line. Um, and, uh, what was interesting too, for McKenna, at least, um, saw there were a lot of people who because i forget like i forget that she is also a very talented musician and so there there are girls bringing her lps her albums to get signed right so it's not ghostbusters at all i'm like what that i forget that she's talented in so many ways and so yeah there was a ton of young people in and out through her line like i wondered about that because like you know I mean, look, let's be real. Like if I'm going to go to a thing, I'm probably going to be there with a bunch of Ghostbusters fans who are like, Hey, it would be cool to get her to sign something, but she's a multi hyphenate, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, to some extent he is too. He has a band as well. Right. Like, and so, but it is kind of like interesting to consider who's walking through their lines and why, you know, in her case, she's got like young Sheldon. She's got like her Mm -hmm. experience in the handmaid's tale. Right. Like she's got a Marvel role. She's got her musical stuff that she's doing. So I wondered, like, what is that cross section like? You know, is it more of one of those things or the other, like from your experience? Or do you just see a lot of a lot of all of it? It's it seemed more Ghostbusters than anything. Um, And I know that uh, the the stuff we got signed, I got a couple shots of her singing. Um, 
I think there was a couple of Handmaiden's Tale type stuff, but it was yeah. mostly Ghostbusters. And it seems that would be my guess based on photos on the table and stuff, too, that that would be true there as well. It's interesting because I, I wonder, like, you know, I mean, look, for us, like Venkman is a character that resonates, right, for like 40 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. People are still like, yeah, I hope we get to see Peter Venkman in the movie. Oh, my God. How, is he going to be in there for more than a cameo? And I wonder how like what the longevity is of these characters that exist now, you know, and it's kind of like you touched on this a little bit earlier that uh, she sees her role as sort of being a serious one. You know, she's been a Ghostbusters mm-hmm. fan this long, but I was thinking about this even last week that like the performers who are currently in these movies have an almost harder job to some extent than our beloved actors from the first movie. Because they were not carrying on a legacy. Mm. Like they were just yeah, like great point. making a movie. Right. And it was a movie they were happy with or proud of whatever. And maybe if you think about Aykroyd, he was trying to carry on a bit of a legacy with Belushi, like that he lost in terms of, Hey, this is a movie we're going to do together. And we, now we don't get to, so we're going to get Bill Murray to come in and do something instead. But it wasn't carrying on a beloved legacy. It was just starting something. Right. The second movie is kind of the same thing. It's like they come back five years later and they're like, yep, we're making another movie, but it's not like, oh, we're carrying on a beloved thing. And the future of Ghostbusters like is inextricably linked at this point to the Spangler family, right? Mm-hmm. Like as an entity, like that's what is at the core of this as a family rather than four guys who were kicked out of a university because their work was no longer considered good enough to be there, you know? So it kind of puts this level of pressure on those actors, I think, to carry this forward in a way, you know, like generationally that is a little different. And yeah, it made me no, wonder, sure. like, what, you know, who's actually showing up as fans? Is that actually happening where, you know, a, a person who was 12 when they watched Ghostbusters Afterlife identified with the 12 year old on screen? And now, you know, a few years later, that's who's standing in line trying to get autographs, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was it was exciting and encouraging to see that it looks like we've got some fans coming up behind us. Good. Uh, I mean, I, I mean that not to be like hook them while they're young with a cigarette industry. <laughs> but like I it worries me sometimes about, you know, what will happen with the fandom, because. I think a lot of us like I think I've learned this doing extraplasm that like there's more people I know who I'm friends with at this point who are like, oh, yeah, Ghostbusters 2 was my thing i saw it first they would be right you know i mean like and i saw the first movie first so i'm always like the original movie is the thing but there's plenty of people who are like four years or five years younger than me for whom ghostbusters 2 was the thing they saw first the cartoon was the thing they knew Mm -hmm. and ghostbusters 1 was like oh i saw that a little later you know so it was a little um, too scary yeah no like for real right like Mm -hmm. it is i mean i saw it when i was four in a drive-in and that's what it's my first like burned in my brain, probably because my childhood brain was like, this is trauma. <laughs> These are scary terror dogs in the fridge kind of thing. But um, it makes me wonder about how kids today are sort of resonating with it. Was there anything in particular like that you had McKenna sign uh, for this signing that you know was kind of interesting or that like the last time we did this, she reacted to something Harold had signed that she had never seen yeah. before? Like, was there anything this time around that she kind of was impressed by? No, I, I don't think we got anything. The The stuff that jumps out is um, there was a photo. Uh, fortunately, it was mine because not everyone 
enjoys this. We learned this the last time. But she, she and Logan have a fun friendship. Ah, yes. And so <laughs> on one of my photos, um, actually the one you sent to me, thank you very much. Uh, that, you got Pat in the start. She signed next. But she put a mustache on Logan Kim. Uh, it, it, you know, she doodled a little mustache on his face, and that was fun. There was another 8x10 where um, she has that quote. So it's the 8x10. It's a photo of her standing before Zool at the end of Afterlife. And she tells the joke about the grasshopper walks into a bar, and they say, hey, mm -hmm. did you know we got a drink named after you? And she said, drink named after me? Steve? You know, so she... Did a version of that quote and drew a little grasshopper like um had a lot of fun that way but as far as the items we got sent in um we, we didn't have anything quite as unique or um that were legacy items that had everyone on them already because i think right. most of those got done last time i think uh i won like i sent in an eight by ten to you and i sent one for tom as well they were the shots from empire magazine for those listening at home, you're like, what are you talking about? Uh, these were the Empire Magazine shot that had uh, Patton Oswald and Dan Aykroyd and Logan Kim and uh, McKenna Grace all standing over like a map table inside the library. And so I had Patton sign those. And then the plan was to send them to you and have them signed by McKenna. And then I want to try and complete them for everybody else. And I was half tempted to tell you, like, if she wants to do anything else she wants to do on it. <laughs> It's fine because I know like that she has been doing this on people's stuff with like Logan mm -hmm. and that Logan is apparently doing it back. And this is a game for them when they get each yep. other's stuff. And I'm like, I have to be honest, if that had happened, I would have been so happy because like, I think that that like I've talked about this, it's their character's friendship. That is mm -hmm. my favorite thing in afterlife is that moment where they become friends in the first, in that movie where it's like, Hey, you want to be lab partners? I don't even know if we're going to have lab partners, but okay. Right. Like, yeah. I love the sort of playfulness of their two characters together. So to sort of see their friendship play out on other people's autographs is hilarious to me. And the best part about it, honestly, is this. We're going to get down the line and people are going to be like, how do we authenticate whether or not these are genuine McKenna Grace and Logan Kim autographs? And this is going to be how it's going to be like, oh, it's not just about like this is the shape of the letters, right? No, like what's the shape of the mustache that's drawn over Logan Kim's face? <laughs> yeah. We'll look at inscriptions and then we'll look for mustaches and what was right. the angle. And <laughs> we're going to be looking at comparing grasshopper doodles that she's added to different things over the years. Right. And it just also makes me wonder, like, will she continue doing this over the course of her career? Like, and does she do it with other stuff? So when she yeah. signs for something else, like, you know, young Sheldon, does she draw like a little picture of Sheldon as a stick figure? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, I can't imagine it does like not that she's going to change dramatically, but she's going to have more and more work uh, yeah. that she's be signing and she's going to get busier and busier. Her star is just going to continue to grow and shine. And right. Um, you know, and so that's why, like, I know that people get particular about their stuff. Absolutely. I get it because I'm that way about a lot of things as well. But it's just it's fun. And I think it's, it's kind of what you're saying. It's like a. It's a stamp of this specific time in history. Yeah. Like it won't be this way forever. It's going to no. make it unique and individual. And I, I'm just, I'm loving it. And yeah, it. like we're getting them to sign as they're playing characters that are kids. 
while they're still kids. And so right. like, that's the other thing. Their signature is going to change. It's going to get more adultish. And I think we're going to look back and we're going to wish, oh man, I wish I got it back when she was right. a kid. No, I think it's kind of funny you say that because I have joked that since before Afterlife came out, you could watch the progression of like Logan's signature, right? Or her signature. Cause they were like mm -hmm. 12 or 13 or 14 year old kids. So it's like, I mean, not to be like, uh, overly essential about or essentialize about kids, but like the vast majority of kids today don't even know how to write in cursive. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, Hey, could you write an autograph on something? And you know, like it turns out, Oh, you can, but you don't usually write in script at all. So you're still figuring out what your signature looks like. And right. I can think of the number of things I signed when I was a kid, like, you know, your work permit, your learner's permit, whatever it was that you signed when you were a teenager. It's just like some chicken scratchy thing. That's not at all what your signature is going to look like when you're an adult. And you're like, oh, right. I have to look official. And this has some character to it in terms of what I'm doing. Or you become the person like me who just goes, JM, <laughs> just be done, moves on. But yep. yeah, like. I think it's neat because it shows this sort of progression in their careers, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm excited that you got to get the McKenna stuff done. I'm really excited to get my stuff back from you uh, when I get it, but I'm totally like, like, please get the Logan stuff done if you can. And if, if not, then we'll work it out. But like, I appreciate the effort that you put in and um, you shouldn't feel bad. I may say that on behalf of everybody inside the containment unit group, like there's no reason for you to feel bad. You did everything you could. And you haven't done anything wrong until you just be like, I'm keeping all of your objects and your money. <laughs> there are a couple of things that I have thought it would be great to keep, but <laughs> I won't do it. We won't. It do didn't it. get signed. Everyone. I assure you. It and got then it lost. Was, it was Ooh. destroyed. No. <laughs> uh, well, we shouldn't say that because you are going to do uh, you. You'd never do that one. And two, you have new stuff coming up. We should talk about. That you know. yes, I mean this hobby is all about reputation. We would never sacrifice a reputation for that because your trust in us means more to us than anything. And so, yeah. let me preface with what we have next with that because uh, I am we're clearly just kidding. But we do have a lot of things coming up this year because not only is it the 40th anniversary of the original film, it is the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters Two. Yep. And uh, we're trying to we're trying to put some respect on Ghostbusters 2's name. I don't know what it is, Jim, but if we have a Ghostbusters 84 signing, it'll do really well. We have a Ghostbuster 2 signing. We, we get, you know, we get a smaller amount of people interested in Ghostbusters 2. So we're hoping to kind of reverse that a bit, reverse that trend a bit this year. I don't know why people would not want things from Ghostbusters 2, because. Ghostbusters 2 is wonderful. I agree. I think a lot of the folks who you're potentially getting this year are folks who have not been that accessible to people in general. Yep. So, yeah, let's let's we can talk about it. Uh, there's a couple of them. So one uh, that we'll talk about first that uh, is one that we've been wanting to work with for a while. And uh, he is still active in the movie industry, still works for Industrial Light and Magic and does of great things if you look at his imdb it's insane uh but that person being howie weed howie um did a lot of behind the scenes work on many of the creatures in ghostbusters 2 the ghosts and the creatures and so um i don't want to rob from our podcast jim 
because we no, have an should. interview with Howie. We're going to post a short little thing. Nice. But he did. Um, he worked on the Scolari brothers. He worked on the ghost jogger. We found out that he worked on the Statue of Liberty. And I'll give you this nugget because we didn't get to put it into our podcast because we didn't start recording soon enough. Um, just podcast problems. Um, but he worked on the Statue of Liberty. He worked on the scene where the foot is coming down and you can see the foot squashing cars. Mm, yeah, that yeah. foot is a model that he made. And here's what's cool that he told us. He goes, if you look up above the foot, you can see a bunch of rods and, and steel and metal and stuff like that. Because, yeah, I was just looking around the shop and I just borrowed a bunch of stuff from the Death Star. And I just put it in there. <laughs> We're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this has got probably Return of the Jedi type piece, like, or yeah. who knows what they were working with. Like, the Death Star is in Lady Liberty and <laughs> Ghostbusters too. That's crazy. That's exciting. Um, That's and, funny. Uh, so yeah, so he uh, he did he worked on the Titanic and all that stuff too. And so uh, th there's not much that he didn't touch uh, for Ghostbusters too. And so we're really excited at how, and of course, he was uh, possessed Ray, and he worked right. on Vigo. So those those are the big names. Because here's the thing: unfortunately, due to time, there's no one else really left for Vigo. The names right. are very small. So if you have a Vigo-sized hole in your collection, Howie Weed is the guy that can fill it for you right now. Nice. Yeah. No, that's funny because I jokingly said. Uh, you know, well, you're going to get the guy from the video game because the video game is canon inside your group, forgetting that the guy inside the video game actually was Max uh, Don Sido. Yeah. Sido. And he still passed away, unfortunately. Right. And then I was like, oh, well, now that's a bad look on my part. One and two. Wow. They got him back for the video game because <laughs> I just figured it was just another voice right? actor. I hadn't really considered that they brought him back uh, to do his character voice. Well, I think that's cool. I don't actually have anything from Vigo in my collection, so I, I'm going to have to not definitely many of us keep an do. eye on that, you know. Nah, not many of us do. So this would be a great way to start. And then there are just some amazing shots of him as demon-possessed Ray. Um, and he, he talked about the process of getting into character and how it took hours. They had to do, uh, they had to do vacuum formations of his eyeballs and just oh my to God. make the contacts. And he had to drink some really condensed, dark, uh, purple Kool-Aid uh, with a little bit of water just to make his mouth dirty. Uh, so we, we got some of those stories in there. Um, and so uh, absolutely, you guys, check out the podcast when it drops. But uh, we're really excited to offer him. Uh, very, again, if you look at his work, it's insane. Pirates of the Caribbean and Star Wars and so many other things. He was the Wampa in uh, Empire Strikes Back Special Edition. Oh, so wow. some really elite stuff. And so we're able to offer them for only 50 bucks. Um, but you got to act quick because deadline is at the end of February. So whenever this drops, move quick. That's definitely a thing to do because the podcast drops on the 21st. So you probably have about a week to get that done if it's going to be a thing you're going to do. Yep. And what I just heard you say and like the thing I heard most in there is that you're telling me that Vigo's a wampa. That's what I got out of all that. So... <laughs> Come on, let's go, people. <laughs> so send in your Death Star items, send in your uh, Vigo Wampa items, and we'll get them done. Yeah, just uh, that's that's definitely a thing to do. I'm now imagining like Vigo the Carpathian is keeping a group of people hung upside down inside of a cave. 
<laughs> for <Yeah>. food. Just <laughs> to save him for food for later. That's <laughs> they call the sorrow of Moldavia. The mm-hmm. snackster of Carpathia. <laughs> it's just keeping people alive upside down. No. And uh, who's the other person who you're going to sort of let folks know about? So the other the other person we haven't gone live with yet. So make sure if you're not in the group, you're in our TCU collectibles page or our containment unit group. But we have a signing with the one, the only Kurt Fuller. Yeah. Who, uh, just that we haven't been able to get before, but he's available now. And so we're really excited to add Kurt. Yeah, I mean, and uh, Kurt Fuller, if you're not sure who that is out there, is, of course, the guy who plays Jack Hardemeyer in Ghostbusters 2. Uh, you also know him probably from Wayne's World fame uh, because he's in that as well. Is he in Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2? I'm like losing my brains. Wayne's World. Remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm like he's the guy who is with the dude from Noah's Arcade, right? So, um, yeah. And then he's, he's the television director. I can't remember what his role is. I'm really doing a great job right now of illustrating what I know. But um, he's also Brill from No Holds Barred. So there's, yep. I feel like, I'm not sure if that makes me a better or worse person that I can't keep my Wayne's world straight, but I can keep no holds barred straight. So, <laughs> Oh yeah, brother. <laughs> but he's the guy who, uh, I think of as being like a, a character actor who helps to hold the nineties together, you know, without him, like he would really undermine a bunch of movies that when he's on screen, you're like, man, I know him from something. What was he? And then you look at his IMDP page and you realize he's in everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's in tons of stuff. And the other thing I remember him from is the running man. Mm. I might have to send you running man stuff. So if you're a fan of the running man or you're a fan of no holds barred or you're a fan of Wayne's world, you can send those things in as well. Along with your, uh, your ghostbusters two stuff for Jack Hardemeyer. And, uh, Jim, uh, my mind's just been blown. I didn't even know that he stars in a sequel that I didn't even know was ever made. Uh, Angels in the infield. <laughs> Wait, that exists. That exists. <laughs> Come on. No. <laughs> yeah. Patrick Warburton is uh, the player and David Allen Greer. With Kurt so Fuller. Christopher Lloyd did not come back to play the ghost, the, uh, the angel again surprisingly so yes did tony danza (laughs) no no i mean this and if you had to guess what year this came out what what, what would you guess oh god i'm gonna just for the hell of it i'm gonna go with like 2015 something totally not that recent but it was far more recent it was in the year 2000 um wow so i i i thought maybe okay maybe this is like a 1998 type under the radar type thing direct to tv i don't know but uh i'm man, gonna need to send in stuff for that now clearly I, that's, that's what i'm saying i'm gonna have to get that double feature dvd set so i can watch both of them back to back but i mean it is it is wild the amount of tv shows and things he's also shown up in as a recurring character and he's Sight, just been in a he's in, I mean, lot he's just of stuff. In so much yeah, yeah tons of stuff so so yeah make sure you get your ghostbusters 2 stuff ready for kurt fuller and then the last thing is uh just an opportunity i think is super cool but maybe it's just because i'm a fan of ghostbusters 2 and all the characters and just the art of hank mayo but hank was a concept artist so similar to what we've done with uh bryn Matheny for afterlife hank has agreed to uh to draw by hand 
amazing concept sketches or what were, were concept sketches for the group. So each one will be different. It'll be unique. And he's going to do a couple of Slimer, a couple of each of the Scolari brothers. And um, so make sure we've only got 25 slots. So if you want that, make sure you get in there uh, very quickly, too. So a lot of cool stuff and more coming. I saw you post this stuff about those uh, those sketches. And I was really kind of like taken aback because I think that's a really unique and cool thing. Um, mm -hmm. you know, autographs are awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love collecting autographs. And, um, although <laughs> I think yesterday you made a joke in the containment unit group about how people were going to just, I, I need to hear back and see my things so I can put them in a book and leave them aside for months on end and forget I have <laughs> them, which is totally a thing I do. Um, uh, I felt seen when you made that post, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I think, uh, the, the opportunity to get something hand drawn from a person who help to sort of conceptualize a character is yep. really super unique. And the drawings that you posted that he's done so far that are sort of like, Hey, this is what you're going to be getting is something along these lines mm -hmm. were freaking amazing. Like I wanted those Scolari brothers prints or rather sketches. They're not prints. They're hand-drawn yeah, sketches. They're hand-drawn. And and like the, the original stuff goes for thousands of dollars and so right. i know three hundred dollars may sound like a lot but it's a lot of time it's a lot of effort and it's something that is truly unique right that quite frankly you'll probably never get again right it's not something where it's like hey he's just like sitting there signing uh you know a pre a pre-drawn template it's literally every single one of these he's doing is a unique mm -hmm. new sketch of these characters. So I think that this is a really cool opportunity you have out there for this stuff. Ghostbusters two, I think you're right, is underrepresented in a lot of the memorabilia that we see. That's why mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to see it pop up more at like prop auctions and stuff, because like it's the stuff that I think people had less of an attachment to. It was Ghostbusters is sort of considered that like flash in the pan, like, wow, it's a moment thing. And Ghostbusters 2 was almost like, hey, let's try to recapture it. And so the stuff that comes from it, I feel like is almost like less beloved. It has less, uh, I don't know, magic on it in some mm. way, but it doesn't really. Yeah. I mean, it's all the same people working on the same kind of creative stuff. And there's so many cool things from that movie. So I'm totally stoked and I'm definitely going to have to get some Kurt Fuller's. Like that's going to be a thing. Oh, so, yeah, you got to. Yeah. Well, we've kind of touched base on how your previous signing went and what's coming up down the pike. So uh, I'll ask you this sort of before we wrap this up. We're heading into the new movie. We're about a month away, right, from being able to see this movie and hopefully seeing it together if things work out. Oh, come on. Uh, what are you most excited about for like either the movie or for the 40th anniversary? Like you're in the 40th anniversary year of Ghostbusters. There's a lot going on. So what is 2024 about for you? What are you hoping is going to happen or what are you hoping to see? It's hard for me to see anything beyond the film release. That is coming up quick. It seemed like a while ago it was so far away. Now it's coming up and it's going to be so fast. I mean, I, I really do hope that the stars align and there's a way for me to get into that premiere. Uh, there, there's nothing uh, I would love more than to see this film for the first time with a bunch of people who are excited to see the film for the first time and to see it yeah. with guys like you and so many of our other friends. I think it would be so much. It would be a great, great time. So. Uh, hopefully that'll work out. I'm really excited about the movie. The last trailers like put me over the top. Um, I think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to be full of heart. I think it's going to be a little scary. So I think it'll be very much like the 84 film in that way. So it's going to be, it's a fun time to be a Ghostbusters fan. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm of the mindset, like this movie is going to be great. 
And then I want to know what happens after it. Like, mm. I know we have the comic book coming, but I'm like, what happened to my animated series? What happened to my animated movie? Um, so I'm hoping we're going to find out more of those things like in Ghostbusters Day yeah. times, you know, like around June, hopefully maybe we'll hear some more about those projects and what's going on with them. Yep. But um, I think you're right. It's a great time to be a Ghostbusters fan. There's so many things that are uh, coming up down the pike. Uh, including your signings <laughs> right so sorry to uh, add but, the stress y'all no i hope you add more and i imagine you will i'm hopeful we're going to see some folks who maybe haven't been out as much talking about ghostbusters in a while because there's this 40th anniversary um and get some more opportunities for memorabilia and just for stories i'm really excited about your firing up the podcast again i wanted to say that that like mm. look it's not like i'm saying like stop listening to extraplasm but like what we all do is all a little different right and what you and Tom have done with the podcast that you have, the containment unit podcast is really do, doing some deep dive interview work uh, with folks who've worked on the projects that we love. And I hope yeah. you get more opportunities to do that this year because I'm always happy to talk to folks and interview people, obviously, but like you get some really cool stuff from people who you've developed a relationship with that, you know, I would be over the moon to be able to talk to you for 15 minutes. You yeah. know, and like you have a really long conversations that really dig into some of the production stuff. Um, who are some of the folks who you would recommend folks check out uh, from the podcast that you have out already? Ooh, uh, if, if you have time, one of my favorite interviews is still Mark Siegel. I would watch the video because he's got slides. Um, another one similar along that way is one that we did recently with Mark Brian Wilson and Stuart Ziff, who is going to be a yeah. future signer for us. We're just too far away for, to announce it officially. Uh, we're going to do another interview with him too, which, so be ready for that. But th those are guys who I'd, I'd look at, uh, right away. Yeah. That Mark Brian Wilson interview with Stuart Ziff is amazing. Like it's yeah. one of my favorite things that you've done. Uh, and the Jim Fye one's pretty good too. Oh yeah. Jim, Jim was great. Um, and, uh, a lot, a lot of detail in Ghostbusters too, that we, cause there's just not a lot known yeah. out there right and now. That's until what I the, love about them. Like the, that's the documentary exactly drops. That's what I, right. That we're going to eventually where you get a documentary from like the Buenos, right. Who did mm -hmm. cleaning up the town. Um, but that's what I love about the interviews you've done with those folks is that they're people who are behind the scenes, folks who don't necessarily, uh, come out in front of the camera and talk about the, pro the sort of production and post-production on Ghostbusters too. And yeah. you had them sit down and really get into some particulars that, you know, we've never heard before. I think, am I, am I wrong in thinking that it's your podcast that may have revealed the story about uh naked vigo yeah yep that's us legit <laughs> we just so make sure you check out jim Fi. <laughs> yeah where's like the, the soap <laughs> that's that's become like a legendary story at this point about oh, wilhelm uh, wilhelm yeah right who played vigo uh was that he apparently walked out after a day of being dressed as vigo and couldn't find soap and just walked out in front of everybody naked angrily yep but yeah these are the kinds of things that nobody talked about like yeah. for 30 years. So yeah. if you want to no, hear about them, you got to go over to the containment unit and check it out. Check it out. Well, anything else going on, Matt, that you want to sort of let people know about or anything else to sort of wrap things up on this ex episode of Extraplasm? No, I mean, that that's it. You know, I would just encourage you the way that we encourage so many people in our group to already. If you haven't joined the group, make sure you follow the uh, join the containment unit or follow TCU Collectibles uh, or the GB containment unit on Instagram. Uh, but listen, there's so much going on. There's so much to be excited about. It's going to be a tough year this year just because of everything else going on in the world around us. But don't be a peck, all right? Be patient. 
be kind, be gracious towards one another. Let's set that example. Don't be a peck. Hey, you better you got to be careful with this phrase. OK, as you lead up to this new movie, because I am trying to wish cast into existence the fact that what we saw in the trailer. Is a mislead. Like, <laughs> OK, I want him to be like the Ghostbusters were finished for 40, 40 years. Now, descendants of Egon Spengler, you have a child hanging out the side of a car with a laser gun. And I think that's just grand. <laughs> He's fully <laughs> redeemed. Yes, that's what I want. I really, truly do. I really want him to turn around in this movie and be like, and it turns out that I was wrong. And so what do you need? I'm like David Margulies in the Loud movie. I'm the mayor. What do you need? <laughs> like, and that's yeah. what I really want. So in which case you should be a peck, right? You should, you should. But be. until then, <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't don't do it does he know you use this phrase william he atherton does. <laughs> he does we gave him a button that we have that uh don't that says don't be a peck what's so, his reaction to it uh he was uh he was a little weirded out by it but once uh <laughs> it was explained by tom that uh, tom's got away with words uh, that it, it's actually an endearing thing yeah um you know, but you go through your whole life being called, well, not whole life, but a majority of your life, at least the last 40 years being called dickless and right. all this other stuff. Like you get worried. So I, I get look, it. William Atherton is a trooper. He he was punched in the face by Bonnie Bedelia uh, <laughs> as a bad as a, a minor, minor mid-level boss and die hard. Right. He's a minor mid-level boss for the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what he does, which is why I'm like, bring him back. But now let him be, you know, part of the family. Let him come in and be like, I actually made it into office because Winston Zedmore uses billions of dollars to help me win the New York City mayoral race that I otherwise would have never had the money to win as a EPA investigator. It's <laughs> like, what I really want. I know it's stupid. And some people are like, that's the one thing you really want in the movie. It's not the one thing, but it's definitely a thing. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, maybe we'll find out. Maybe you'll be doing another round of autograph signings with uh, William Atherton where he's just writing, be a peck, my friend, across the entire thing. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, thank you for coming on, Matt. It's been fun to ta- chat with you. And uh, I hope we get to see each other at, you know, at the premiere. And if not, I just hope we get to see each other this year because it's for sure. the 40th anniversary year and I want to see as many people as possible who are coming on the podcast. Uh, so thank you again. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Jim. All right, take care. That about wraps things up for Extra Plaza this week. I want to say thank you once again to Matt Sanders for coming on the show and letting us know a bit about how Megacon went, uh, what his plans are moving forward with the Finn Wolfhard signing, uh, as well as the different things that they're going to be offering as you know the year unfolds. I didn't tell you about Kurt Fuller in the headlines because I wanted to be a surprise. Uh, but if you've got a Ghostbusters 2 collection, or if you're just a wrestling fan uh, who likes No Holds Barred, you got to get that done. So. Uh, make sure you're keeping your eyes peeled for that and that you're getting in touch with the containment unit if you want to pick up anything that they've currently got available. I also want to say thank you as usual to Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, uh, who provides our logo and visual identity and who's done an amazing job sculpting that blinky figure that's available as well as the other two figures that are out there or rather the other three. Uh, so don't forget that uh, Vinny, Zuli, 
the Parkergeist, and of course Blinky are available until Saturday the 24th. Uh, get those pre-orders in, and thank you again to Brendan for all the hard work he does, uh, including for Extraplasm. And of course I need to say thank you to Vaporwave artist Magnavox, whose version of Ghostbusters serves as our theme song each week. And last but not least, I need to thank you for tuning in each week, for being awesome folks and being part of an awesome community. I love hearing from you all. If you have anything you want to share with the podcast, you want to let me know about your plans to go to the premiere because you're going uh, and you're hoping to meet up with people, etc. Don't forget to reach out to me at Extraplasm on Instagram, on X, uh, extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com if you're into the email thing. And of course, you can find Extraplasm Podcast on Facebook and on YouTube at youtube.com slash at extraplasm. Don't forget, there's a kitchen counter review coming uh, later on this week. So uh, thank you again for listening. Thanks for being involved in this fandom and this community. We're about a month away from this movie. It's going to be awesome. Uh, And as we get super excited and jazzed, don't forget what Ernie Hudson reminds us to do every week. Try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.